Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Clear trip there, Joey, or Blue Ten. So, no other option there, but it's a yellow card against him, then, yeah? Maybe. Yeah. They've got the ball into touch. What a day it is for Scottish rugby. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Scotland are unbeaten and Wales are coming to town on Saturday. Game two of the Six Nations and it's David, Alan and Matt together to help preview everything that is uh, going on ahead of that game. Interesting squad announcement today with some changes to get into and we will be doing that shortly. But before that, Matt, how are you doing? Are you, have you come down from the weekend yet? Yeah, just about... Uh... There's still quite a lot of kind of positive fallout from the from the weekend. Like that Squidge Rugby guy posted a sort of 20 minute long tribute to the Scotland performance, which was still so good to watch. But now Wales ahead, you know that's that's the next challenge. Absolutely. And Alan, is it fear or hope that is brewing inside you as we look ahead to the weekend? Always fear. Never hope, <laughs> but no, I'm a bit like Matt. I've been like a junk, <laughs> been like a junkie this week, just like feeding on Scotland England content, like wherever I can get it, like any analysis videos, highlights. I rewatched some of the match last night. Absolutely loving it. So no, sadly, obviously can't feed the habit with um, Edinburgh Dragons tomorrow night, but Scotland Wales on a uh, Saturday will have to do, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. I felt that sort of addict vibe when I was watching like a sort of seven-minute analysis video of like Scotland's kicking game and their dominance at Twickenham. I was like, I've really gone beyond just like the occasional fan for the weekend. Um, But it was very, very enjoyable. So we will be looking ahead to the Welsh game um, and going through the team announced by Gregor Townsend at lunchtime today. But just a couple of bits of admin. Um a word for our sponsors, our undefeated sponsors, no less. Rob Mack, 
um, who are working with us throughout the Six Nations and quite frankly seeming to give an awful lot of luck to the Scotland team by doing so. So that's Rob Mack. They're an independent financial advisor specializing in mortgage management, financial planning, and investments. They are absolute Scottish rugby ultras and they are watching the games with us and huge fans. Um, so they are a fantastic fit to be working with us. Um, and if you need any of those services, you can check them out at robmack.co.uk. So thanks very much to the guys at Rob Mack and let's hope their undefeated touch um, continues on to Saturday. So Saturday, uh, the squad was announced at lunchtime today. Um, and I think it is safe to say that we were all a little bit taken aback when we saw that James Lang would be starting at 12 due to um, injuries, um, injury to Cameron Redpath. There was also two other enforced changes. Jamie Ritchie is replaced by Blade Thompson and uh, Sean Maitland drops out for Darcy Graham, all forced by injury. Um, Alan, how did you feel when you first saw the team? I think the initial... The, we, we obviously had some surprise because we'd heard rumblings of Richie being injured from a few from a few people and and the fact that Thompson was kind of going to be slotted in at six. So there was kind of a bit of a shock around sort of Redpath and Maitland just because we hadn't really heard anything out of them. Um, out of the Scotland camp. And I think, you know, it's, it's funny how, you know, three, four weeks ago, no one even considered Redpath in the squad. And now sort of the, the general sort of wider Scottish public's all devastated that Redpath might potentially not be involved for the rest of the Six Nations. But yeah, I think, you know, looking at, looking at that centre partnership, there is just that fear that now that Redpath goes, there is just a lack of creativity in, in the midfield, and you know, I, I I do appreciate that with obviously Russell at ten and Hogg at fifteen, with Darcy and Duan on the wings, potentially that's not actually what you need. And then I think there's also the other side that I think actually James Lang, and I think a lot of Harlequins fans would see him as a kind of relatively like for like replacement for Redpath. I think potentially he had more kind of scope to be a bit more creative with Harlequins, and so. I actually think when you look at it all, it's not that big an issue, especially in sort of the centre um, partnership. Yeah, absolutely. He played the um, vast majority of a game um, recently for Harlequins at 10, so he certainly fits that ball-playing distributor role. Matt, are you as sort of uh, non-plus about um, Lang coming in as Alan is? Yeah, I, st- I still don't think he's really shown you know too much in the Scotland jersey I think the game that he played against Wales in last year's Six Nations he was solid if unspectacular but I kind of think that with that back line you know if, if it can play in a similar way to last week I think they can adapt to that and I'm sort of of the view now that as long as Lang can sort of make his tackles I think he's quite a good second kicking option as well then I, I'm I'm actually okay with him being there, and and hopefully this is the game where he steps up and and fulfills that promise because he he is very highly rated, at, admittedly, Harlequins, but uh, you know that's a club that's had a lot of turnover recently, and he's been one of the staples. Um, I think the, the 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 one I'm slightly worried about is Maitland being out because. He obviously played so well against England and he is quite a different player to Graham. I think Graham does have good aerial skills, but Maitland is superior in that area. 
and particularly with Liam Williams coming back for Wales, I, I do slightly worry about that matchup, albeit Graham gives you a lot of sort of excitement in attack. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think, obviously with Bigger at 10, do you think they'll probably focus on putting up a few bombs on Graham early doors, just knowing that Liam Williams, not that Graham's poor at fielding high balls, just Liam Williams is so strong, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think you could probably make it an argument for kicking to either of Scotland wings because Doohan, for all his strengths, probably isn't the the best under the high ball and his ability under the high ball hasn't been tested at international level. And as you say, even bigger is incredible under the high ball. Halfpenny, Liam Williams. I think it's probably an area that they will be looking to attack. Yeah, no, 100%. Although I guess the one thing with Graham is... And I think even remembering back to the the last Scotland Wales match at Murrayfield, he he was actually probably our most sort of kind of creative attacking spark, and it, you know he does bring something a little bit different. The Maitland probably comes off his wing a bit more versus um, versus the Maitland sort of looking looking for work. So I guess he, whilst obviously there's probably a negative of Maitland going out, I think Graham does bring in quite a few positives. Absolutely. And we're rattling through these um, enforced injury changes. The one which I suppose adds a a bit of interest, Blade Thompson coming in for Jamie Ritchie, an awful lot of speculation during the week um, around whether Ritchie was going to be fit and um, conflicting reports that it might be Gary Graham that was going to slot into that six jersey. We understand that it was Blade that came in and an awful lot of that was his familiarity with um, the Scarlet setup and particularly Ken Owens at um, Hooker for Wales. Matt, I know we've spoken a little bit offline about this. Blade Thompson is another one who perhaps has not yet fully found their feet in a Scotland jersey. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think maybe when he came over to the UK and started playing for the Scarlets, people were expecting him to be this the, the sort of the the solution to Scotland's problems at number eight, and have this guy who's an incredible ball carrier, really aggressive, would would get you over the gain line. And I think to be fair, for Scotland, he's not been used in that role. He's more of a link player, which I think he is pretty good at, and I think his work rate is actually pretty good. So I think he does quite a lot of the unseen stuff. the The Welsh lineup last week was obviously terrible. I think the success rate was sort of. 70-80%. So that's clearly an area that that Townsend wants to attack. I I thought Gary Graham was really impressive last week. Um, But but maybe once again, Townsend is happy to have him coming off the bench for that last 15-20 minutes and and getting in in the Welsh faces. Absolutely. And the rest, the rest of the team um, remains um, the same, of course. A little bit of continuity throughout. And you get the impression that um, it would have been the same starting 15 had there been no injuries. Just a reminder for those who may not have caught the announcement yet. Rory Sutherland, George Turner and Xander Fagerson in the front row. The sort of now steadfast second row pairing of Scott Cummings and Johnny Gray. In the back row, Blade Thompson, as discussed at six, joining Hamish Watson and um, Matt Fagerson, Ali Price and Finn Russell, best friends at nine and 10. In the center, James Lang, partners, Chris Harris, and then that back three, Duhan van der Merther, Darcy Graham, 
and Stuart Hogg. Um, how does I mean, we've talked an awful lot about Scotland's injuries, those three there. It's been big in the press this week um, that Wales are probably in a much worse position injury-wise than Scotland are. Alan, how, how big an impact do you think Wales' injuries will have on the outcome of this game? Um, yeah, I think it was 21 players unavailable, if you include Josh Adams, obviously not being able to play because he was at a 21. gender reveal party. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. That was... Um, Although it still feels potentially sort of outside. How, how of, long a ban did he get? For, how long a ban did he get for the gender reveal party? I think he's missing the first two games, the Six Nations. Li- lifetime ban. Those two games. That's what I've given. Lifetime ban. I think. I, well, that's what I was going to suggest. <laughs> so a straight so, lifetime ban. So ridiculous! It's uh, it's just a fact as well. He's like missing out on about twenty five grand, or whatever it like whatever they probably get for. Uh, for two Wales matches, just to go to some like crappy gender reveal party, where um, the out, the outcome right is is binary. It can be one of two things. It, it's not going to be a massive surprise, is it? Like, I, I don't get these things. <laughs> I, I mean, agreed. As as you will both be aware, I did not have a gender reveal party <laughs> at any point. Um, much, it was, much to your shame. Yeah. No. Uh, to be fair, I was pushing hard. It was Ashley who was against the idea. So, um, <laughs> but no, if it, I mean anyway, to, Wales's injuries. So yeah, moving on from gender reveal, um, it feels like generally the pack as well is still pretty strong, even with sort of a significant amount of injuries. I think it would have felt stronger with Navidi, just because it feels like Navidi has a little one up on Scotland. It always feels like when he's when he's playing against Scotland he, he, he kind of has the measure of the of the kind of the Scotland back row, especially sort of the man he's playing against. But you know, we were talking about it earlier, and if you compare a kind of number of caps in the forwards, Wales have an average cap of sixty five, which is obviously skewed a lot by the fact that Alwyn Jones has got hundred and forty four. Um but Scotland have only got twenty five caps. And you know, obviously people like Suz have still only got like 12 caps, Turner's got 13, Cummings is on 18. So there's a lot of these players that are sort of between the sort of 10 to 25 mark. And, you know, outside of Johnny Gray, there isn't anyone, there isn't anyone else above 40. So there is just still the sort of residing fear that whilst obviously Wales have, you know, a bunch of players with, with injuries, I imagine everyone on that squad's one, everyone on that starting pack is one of six nations. They know how to win big games still. Alan, are you are you close with Rory Sutherland? Because I di- I didn't know that his his name was Suz. Can you maybe exp- <laughs> you maybe maybe that's the first time I've heard him referred to as, as Suz. That's good to know. Well, actually, Matt, I'm a I'm a big fan of the the Rory Sutherland sort of social media um, presence, and he actually I think his Twitter handle is actually at Rory Suz. So clearly, I'm just sort of referring to him in sort of the manner that he wants to be referred to. Um, what's his um? What's his content like? What sort of output is Rory Sutherland doing? Well, to be fair, his his Instagram is mostly just pics of either him in Scotland gear or him in I'm sure his wonderful family. But there was he did pick up a pic kind of um back sort of middle of last year, which I did enjoy a lot. It was just him pair of shades on holding a bottle of champagne with some some random lads. And the tag tagline was just, thank you very much to the Punjabi Grill Hoik for the bottle of Moe, a true gentleman. <laughs> the love is like just 
popping bottles of Moe in the Punjabi grill in Hoik. Unreal. Absolutely love that. <laughs> we should go live pod in the Punjabi grill in Hoik when um, COVID restrictions allow. Look, if the Punjabi grill Hoik want to sponsor the pod, send a bottle of Moe and then we'll have our, our, our end of your dinner there um, once uh, lockdown's over. I'm more than up for that. We absolutely love that. That would be great. Um, the, I I was say, the, other, the other thing is uh, Ross Sutherland Rugby Club, in honour of Rory Sutherland, have changed their Twitter handle to Rory Sutherland RFC. That's another, <laughs> an, another Rory Sutherland-based social media interest topic. <laughs> We could probably get a whole. We could probably get a whole episode out of uh, out of that and Scottish rugby um, social media accounts, but we'll save it for we'll save it for a period when we're not in the midst of the Six Nations. Um, I can't remember how we got on to um, Rory Sutherland. I think it was probably we were talking about um, the disparity in caps between um, the Welsh pack and the Scotland pack. One one thing that caught my eye, and there was a little bit of discussion about it online, was the. Um, the potential difference that the benches could could make. Now we saw and we were impressed with the quality of the Scottish forwards when they came on and the impact they made down in Twickenham. Alan, do you think it's fair to say that the Scottish bench probably has an edge over the Welsh one this weekend? Um, I probably caveat anything I say that there is a lot of people on the Welsh bench that I just don't know that much about. Um, <laughs> you know, he generally. You know, with the backs, obviously, I think Callum Sheedy is really class. And I think that he is a step up on Jacko and um, Willis Halaholo, who uh, who actually sort of a, a Southland Stags sort of New Zealand rugby legend. But I actually think kind of in the matches I've seen him for the Blues, I always think he's a pretty handy player. So I don't think there's that much of a difference between those two and kind of what we're bringing off the bench. And then, yeah, with the forwards, it, it's just hard. Like, Rodri Jones, Leon Brown, Will Rollins, and then James Botham. Again, players that in Pro 14 seem relatively average, but I think the whole thing we've kind of chatted about with Wales is, for some reason, Welsh players seem to have this knack of being really average at <laughs> a province, a provincial level, and then unbelievable when they put on the Welsh shirt. So... No, it'd be interesting. I think on face, so I would say, based on my own knowledge, I would say yes. And based on what happened last Saturday when, as we said, Dave Cherry was outstanding when he came on. And we obviously had Richie Gray, Gary Graham, Kebble, WP Nell, all the, all the forwards especially really added something. But. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like, presumably, I mean, when you look at the Welsh back row, you've had Navidi injured, and then this guy Josh McLeod was meant to start. He got injured. Sorry, before that, you had Dan Lydia. So you've got Aaron Wainwright, who is your fourth choice, clearly. And then you have James Botham on the bench as your fifth choice. So I suppose we've talked a little bit about the full teams there. um, And there's an awful lot of interesting matchups still. And an awful lot of that sort of Lions conversation that can still permeate through this, despite the injuries on both sides. I think starting in the back row, Hamish Watson coming off... um, what I suppose is maybe like an international breakthrough performance in that everybody is now talking about Hamish Watson, but um, Justin Tipperick is a extraordinarily good operator. Um, Alan, who do you think will get the um, the upper hand in that in that battle at the weekend? Well, I think you're right in the sense that obviously, obviously everyone knew what Watson was about, but I think potentially the game at the weekend sort of just lift. We talked about him being on that tier slightly below people like yeah. kind of Curry and. Um, and Tipperick, etc. Although there's an argument to say that actually the only back row player who potentially outperformed Watson over the weekend was Tipperick. You know, he was mm. an absolute savage for uh, for Wales, both in terms of tackles, but then also just he, he he brings a lot in attack. And again, you know, it's just for Watson. It's again just show, you know up against another player who I think is almost guaranteed on that line on that line's plane. Um, how he sort of stacks up against him. And I think, you know, potentially Tip Tipperick brings more, you know, he's he's obviously a much more sort of, I think he's probably a more natural rugby player versus Watson. Um, and I imagine probably Watson potentially sort of targeting, targeting the breakdown um, to mm. see what, because, you know, whilst obviously Tipperick is good on, good on the floor, feels like potentially Watson's just a, a little bit ahead of him. Don't know whether I'm being unfair on Tipperick there. I'm thinking of what our Welsh friend would say if he heard us say that. <laughs> and another one um, that's catching the eye um, is the sort of the the young the young buck versus the old the old man. Alan Wynne Jones, hundred and I don't know thousands of caps that he's got now in international rugby against Johnny Gray in that second row. Um, it's a real sort of like battle of the workhorses. Matt, do you see that as another one of those sort of interesting battles that will have a big impact on the game, depending on who gets the upper hand? Quick side note: Johnny Gray turns twenty-seven in like a month. Is he? Is he? The, is he the young buck? Can we refer to him as the young buck anymore? <laughs> Damn, I could have sworn that Johnny Gray was still like twenty-three, twenty-four. Looking at how old Scott Cummings was, he is quite young. He was born in nineteen ninety-six, which is quite offensive. Um, if you think about it, he's twenty-four, so he's probably more the young. The young buck. I would say that. Um, what's Johnny Gray then? Is he in his prime? Twenty seven is probably in his prime, isn't it? I feel like that's definitely. Well, maybe second rows age a little bit later. Although, I guess when you look at people like Itoji and um, bloody heck, who's the Ireland guy? James Ryan. James Ryan. They're both probably younger than Johnny Gray. Well, it's interesting. I guess you know. Johnny Gray's taken a lot of the plaudits, um, but I, I did I did read somewhere that obviously Scott Cummings had most sort of attacking rucks hit and was sort of second on the um, on the tackle count, so clearly got through an absolute 
truckload of work. And I think, you know, when we're looking at kind of the lineout and the fact that Scotland kind of won the lineout battle, it was very much kind of Johnny Gray and Cummings working together rather than kind of the Johnny Gray show. Yeah. Um, Scott so Cummings' no, engine is a joke. He's like a freak athlete. That's what I remember Dave Rennie always said that. Matt, how, who do you think is going to come out on top of that Finn versus bigger battle? You, you'd like to think Finn. Uh, you know, we talked about his performance last week. And I think actually on reflection, it was it was better than maybe we gave him credit. Um, I think a few, the, a few of the mistakes he made were actually when Scotland had advantage and he was just chancing his arm a bit. Bigger is still a guy who can win you test matches through his kicking game and just, I don't know, his sort of sheer bloody mindedness. He's such a competitor, but you know, in this kind of evolution of Finn where he's maybe elevating himself above the other six nations, tens in the lead up to the lions, you'd like to think that he feels pretty confident of taking on bigger and being the one who actually controls the game. Yeah, absolutely. Alan, do you agree with that? Do you think Finn is, sort of elevating his performance last week sort of shows him sort of head and shoulders above the other tens in the six nations. Yeah. I think when I, I, I sort of first looked back on the match when we discussed it on Sunday, I was actually kind of a bit critical of Finn's performance and having actually reviewed the match, I think he actually performed a lot better than I initially um, kind of considered. And I think actually when you look back, especially kind of his, his general kicking game and kind of what he can bring, but then also kind of actually a lot of his sort of handling and and passing was was really, really good and sort of helped Scotland to get on the front foot. And I think, yeah, moving into this week, you look at kind of those range of performances across him, him, Farrell, Bigger and um, Sexton. I think he's sort of head and shoulders above everyone else. Well, let's hope that he continues that into this weekend. We are having a few technical issues, so we're going to have to curtail a little bit of the podcast this evening. But we will, of course, be back um, next week to hopefully review um, another big Scotland win as the Six Nations takes a week off. But just to finish off, lads, I'll come to Alan, you first, for a bit of a prediction as to what you think is going to happen on Saturday. And if I could have a follow-up question, this is like a COVID briefing. Can you give us, um, a lot of people were really excited about your bet last week, Scott Cummings to score the first try. Have you got an outside bet for the fans to get excited about? (laughs) Well, interestingly, so Scotland are the the bookies' favourite. So they're five, they've got Scotland winning by five, which is quite interesting. Um, And potentially... Feels, feels about right, I guess. Um, but no, I'm, I'm going for a Scotland win. I think, I think it's going to be tight. I also think it's going to be quite high, high scoring. I'm going for a sort of twenty-five, twenty-two. And my shout is for um, Dave Cherry to get the last try of the match. Sick. Oh. So that's my. I think Scotland to finish the match with a with a rolling wall try. Dave Cherry at the back. I think it's going to be a very uh, specific bookie that's going to give you that. But I think um, Dave Dave Cherry on the score sheet. I've got it. Bet fair at the moment. I'm I've got, I'm putting it down. A couple of quid. There you go. Lovely, um, Matt. Are you also backing a Scotland win? Yeah, I am. I think if we can't beat this Welsh team at home with the amount of injuries they have coming off the back of the England team, then 
you know we're we're not as good a team as we 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 think we are. Uh, granted, we we're sort of missing Redpath and, and and Maitland and Richie, which is a blow. But I I still think this Scotland team with Finn, Hogg, Watson, Gray, that front row firing, have got enough to beat Wales. And I think they will go into the game expecting to beat Wales, which is you know maybe it's a different challenge. Scotland normally the underdogs, but I think uh, you know Scotland will win by ten. I think Scotland by ten. You absolutely love to see it. I was having a look at the bookies earlier as well. I think I was tempted by Scotland by thirteen or more. Um, I, I think on this podcast, I must have said this, you know, at least sort of double digit times that I think this will be the game when it all clicks. But it just feels that off the back of that Twickenham game, there is a chance that if this Scotland team gets everything together, they're gonna they're gonna body somebody. They're gonna put sort of twenty, thirty points on somebody and. Maybe it's all the injuries of the Welsh getting into my head that I think it might be this weekend. So I'm going for a Scotland win as well. Um, and yeah, Alan, I'm putting I'm putting a fiver on Dave Cherry getting on the score sheet. I think he's going to continue his his um, amazing Scotland form. So we were going to call it a day there because it is um, we're having significant technical difficulties behind the uh, behind the scenes which hopefully by the time you've got to this pod you will not have realized at all um we'll be back next week of course to review the game um so hopefully that's a big scotland win in the meantime follow us on twitter at thistle rugby pod on instagram thistle underscore rugby underscore pod and subscribe to our newsletter that drops on monday mornings with a big review of the game in a written form and also a roundup of all the great stuff that goes on on social media on and around match days so get on to substack thistle scottish rugby podcast and subscribe to that and it will be in your inbox every Monday morning. It's a cracking read, and um, we're really um, happy uh, with the amount of support that we're getting for that. And finally, if you are enjoying what we're doing on the pod, we're going to keep doing it anyway, but if you fancy it, you can buy us a coffee. Um, You can find the links on our social channels, or it's buymeacoffee.com forward slash thistle, and you can chuck us a couple of quid, buy us a pint of tenants, and um, we'd really appreciate that. We love doing this and uh, love the support. So in the meantime, come on, Scotland. Let's get to two out of two. Cheers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.